to another edition of the Bass Interaction Podcast, the final 2021 edition as 2022 is upon us and we're rolling into the new year. Hopefully it'll be a better year than 2021 and 2020, knock on wood. Uh, I'm your host, Stephen Bassin, uh, sports reporter and news reporter for CentralJersey.com. Uh, before I get into this edition of Bass Interact, I want to wish everyone a happy new year and hope everyone had a great holiday season, whether you were celebrating Kwanzaa, Christmas, Hanukkah. Hope everyone had a nice holiday season, got to enjoy with their families and their friends in a safe manner and had a great time. Um, it's been a while since I've um, done a podcast and have spoken to everybody. Um, it's been busy, busy, busy over the last month. Um, from the end of the fall season, you know, after Thanksgiving, you had still some things going on in the fall season. Then we had winter sports starting up. I do news as well. So a lot of craziness going on at Censors.com. But I got some time now. I'm off this week enjoying my uh, PTO, as they say, um, right now. So if you hadn't seen me tweet out anything about the uh, holiday tournaments going on for basketball and wrestling this week, I am off. That's why I am not attending those um, games. Um, so far, most of them have been going on without a hitch. I know with the Omicron virus, there have been some cancellations. Some teams have been had to shut down, unfortunately, but they've been able to get most stuff in, which is good to see. Um, and hopefully it can continue to be that way going forward and we can get a full winter sports season in and get all give all the winter sports athletes, you know, the opportunities that the spring and the fall have gotten with going for, um, you know, state championships, sectional championships, conference championships, all that good stuff. Um, so on this final 2021 edition of Bassin Interaction, um, 21 edition, I should say, um, I will be revealing my final Central Jersey high school football rankings of uh, the 2021 season, my top 10, as you all been, you know, you know, I've gotten great feedback and people have listened to me um, give out my top 10 in Central Jersey for, of the high school football teams for the last um you know, over the last four months. So this will be my final edition of it. Uh, we had a couple state champions, Hillsborough and Red Bank Catholic. Uh, great games. Um, both teams had tremendous seasons. Hillsborough had a perfect 13-0 season, um, but they capped off at Rutgers with their big win over Kingsway in the uh, South Jersey Group 5 regional final. Um, Red Bank Catholic beat DePaul in the now public B championship game at MetLife Stadium the, uh, the night after um, Thanksgiving. So a lot of great it was fun to cover those games, great teams, great endings to a great fun um, fall season. Homedale won a girls state championship, which was great to cover. I mean, a lot of fun stuff um, this fall. It was really exciting to have the experience again to cover those um, teams and all teams and see some great memories be made and to write some great stories. As, as everyone knows, from these championships and from these seasons, all different stories, all these different storylines come from it, and it's fun to – report on that and talk about it and interact with people. So it was great to do that once again for the fall season. So that will be on tap, my final top 10 Central Jersey high school football rankings, as well as I will be joined by Hillsborough quarterback, Jay Mazura, as well, Mazuera. He will be joining me on the podcast to talk about his tremendous season for Hillsborough, his tremendous career um, for that part for the Raiders and helping the Raiders win the Central Jersey Group 5 Regional Championship, go 13-0. Um, you know, Jay had three touchdowns in the championship victory over Kingsway. He did it with a broken thumb, no less. So gutsy, great performance from him. And, you know, he was a great he was great to have on the podcast, did a great job 
um, just talking about the journey he and his teammates had to winning a championship and it was fun to talk to him and, uh, you know, have him on the podcast. So um, stay tuned for that. And finally, my last part of the podcast will be my rant about my New York football giants who are having a, let's just say, lackluster night. That's not even a good way to say it. Miserable, not even a good way to say it. Probably pathetic's the best way, <laughs> I would say, of a season with everything that has gone wrong with them. So um, that'll be my last topic of the day. So um, without further ado, let's get started with the top 10, my final top 10 high school football rankings for Central Jersey here in 2021. And we start with Jay Mazuera in the Hillsborough High School Raiders. They finish up at number one on my top 10, the best team I felt in Central Jersey this season. Um, they went 13-0. They won the South Jersey Regional um, Group 5 championship over Kingsway. They beat North Brunswick in the sectional final in dominant fashion. Um, it's an amazing season. Records being broken left and right by Jay Mizuera, by um, Tommy Amakwa. Um, Tyler Mishnon had a fantastic season in the backfield. I mean, just some great um, you know, career highlights this season. Will Dixon had an amazing season uh, leading the team in sacks at defensive end. Had a good season at tight end as well. Just an amazing season for the Raiders. Coach Cardi got his 100th career victory as head coach of the Raiders when they beat Kingsway for the regional championship. So a lot of great things coming from a magical, fabulous, you know, all these words you can describe the season for Hillsborough going 13-0 and uh, winning a regional championship. So congrats to them on a program-defining season. At number two, it's Red Bank Catholic, our other state champion here in Central Jersey, who went 11-1 and won the non-public B championship with their victory over DePaul Catholic in the final. Um, Alex Brown had two touchdowns in that victory and had a great game um, as the starting quarterback for the Casey's coming in. He threw for 1,817 yards, had 32 total touchdowns. Just an amazing season for him, and you talk about it. He transfers in from modern-day prep. He goes through the, you know, the obstacles of, um, you know, dealing with some tough things at home with his mother battling cancer and then unfortunately passing away. And through all that, through everything going on in his family, personal life and, and changing schools, he's able to lead the Casey to a state championship. Their defense played excellent as well in that game, you know, holding the Paul Catholic in check as well. But um, just an amazing performance by Alex this year to help win a championship in a Great one of um, overcoming a lot of adversity to do so. And um, like he said in my um, when I interviewed him, he won it for his mom. His He knew his mom was going to help them win this for them, and she did. And uh, congrats to um, Alex. Congrats to the Casey's on their state championship victory this season. At number three, we go to Rumson. Um, Rumson Fairhaven, they went 9-2, made it to another sectional final. Um, but unfortunately, they came up short against Woodrow Wilson um, in that one. But um, a gr another great performance, you know, this season by the Bulldogs as they continue that winning tradition there in Rumson, 9-2. Um, they'll still be in it next year with people coming back. So um, watch out for them. It will be a new cast and crew, but, um, you know, we see the tradition doesn't graduate in Rumson as that's what their basketball team does. But it looks like the football team is following that model as well. So um, they finish up at number three on my list, Rumson Fairhaven. At number four, we stay in the shore and we go to Middletown South, who went 9-2 as well this season. Um, the Eagles fell short in the sectional final against um, Irvington. They lost 28-13. to They had an early lead 
but unfortunately couldn't hang on as Irvington won that game. But um, they bounced back in their annual Thanksgiving Day rivalry game against Middletown South. They won that game 27-6. to And it's just amazing to look at what Middletown South has done against their rival. They've won 20 of the last 21 meetings against Middletown North. Just an amazing stat. So um, another great season for Coach Antonucci and the Eagles, who finished up at number four on my top 10 Central High School football rankings. At number five, rounding out the top five of the rankings, is North Brunswick, who went 8-4 and four this season, um, made to the sectional final, the Central Jersey Group 5 final against Hillsborough. But, listen, you face a really great Hillsborough team. They unfortunately lost 35 to 8. They didn't have a lead in that game at 8 to 7. But um, um, you know, good season for the Raiders. They did come up short of their goal of winning the sectional title, but again, great, you know, the last couple of years, North Brunswick has had some pretty good teams and they'll continue to grow. They got Garbolino coming back next year. So watch out for the Raiders of North Brunswick. They finish up at number five on my list and end the season at eight and four. Um, at number six. We'll stay in the Big Central Football Conference and go with Sayreville, who lost to Milltown South in the sexual semifinals. But um, listen, I mean, kind of coming out of nowhere, Sayreville, eight and three. Um, they won eight of their last nine games after starting the season 0-2. So they just got on a roll, the Bombers. And they got a lot to look forward to with Zamir Wright as their running back, who rushed for over 1,400 yards, had 25 total touchdowns, a beast. The Bombers are back. They'll be a team to be reckoned with next season. They finish up at number six on my list. At number seven, uh, I go back to the shore, and I will end with Colts Neck. Um, went six and four this season. High expectation for the Cougars uh, under um, Coach Ahern this season, and they they played really well. I mean, they've had some injuries. They had some tough luck, but, hey, they went six and four. They were able to make it to a sectional semifinal. They fell short against Winslow, 41 to 14. But um, listen, they went four and one, I believe, or three and one in their last four games. They beat Timber Creek seventeen to four. They make it to the semifinals. They beat Homedale in a big win to end the season to kind of solidify their spot in the playoffs. So good season for the Cougars. They go six and four. They're continuing to build. Um, they got some talent coming back. Watch out for them in the short conference as well next season. Um, at number eight, I go to Edison who. Great victory over Manalpin in the um, first round of the playoffs. They, you know, coming back to beat um, the Braves in overtime, game-winning field goal. Um, and listen, they got some really good players coming back. When you talk about Yasko at quarterback and then Stansbury at wide receiver, they got a lot of talent coming back. Unfortunately for Edison, they their season ended against Tom River North in the sectional semifinal of the South Jersey uh, Group 5 tournament. They lost 45-7, to but um, – a lot of talent on this Edison team. They'll be a team to be reckoned with next year in the Big Central Football Conference. Uh, they finish up at number eight on my list, and they finish up with a record of seven and four. At number nine, the aforementioned Manalpin Braves. Uh, they finish up on my rankings at number nine on my list. You know, good season for Manalpin. They had some pretty good victories. Big win over Frio Burrow, uh, 39 to 7. Burrow made the playoffs. So Manalpin had a good resurgence after a tough year last year with the Coca Shortened season. Um, Coach Lepore really had a good team, you know, led um, by Michael Bamonte and uh, Michael Heckle. Both had really great seasons for them. And, um, you know, wasn't I mean, it's a tough loss losing in overtime at home against Edison in the first round. But, you know, they're the number two seed in their bracket coming in and out. And they went six and three. There's a lot to look forward to from this team. And they'll be a, n- another team to be reckoned with next year in the short conference. Uh, they finished up at 6-3 and number 9 on my list. And then rounding out the top 10 
of my final Central Jersey High School football rankings is St. Thomas Aquinas, who had a little bit of a surprising season. I wouldn't say so. They, they have talent, but they went 9-1 this season. Um, the only loss in the quarterfinals of their non-public B tournament when they lost to St. Joseph Hamilton 45-12. They had an early lead in that game, too, so they gave St. Joseph Hamilton all they can need, uh, you know, everything. You know, it was, a, it was a tough battle for them. Um, the score doesn't show that, but, um, you know, great year for the Trojans, 9-1. Defensively, they only gave up 51 points all season. I mean, they didn't give up a point until their last regular season game against Delaware um, Valley, who won seven games, and they beat them 12-9, I mean, or 13-9. Or but um, great season for St. Thomas Aquinas, 9-1, um, had a really nice season. So um, they finished out the top 10 um, with their terrific season. So that's my top 10. You know, debate it. Let me know what you think. Um, if you think your team should have been in it or not. But, um, again, it, it closes out a fun fall season of football coverage. It was great to get back out there covering some high school football this year and covering all the sports, like I mentioned. You know, we had some girls and boys soccer teams do really well this year in the state tournament, field hockey, um, you know, cross country, tennis, all that good stuff. It was fun to get back out there covering all that stuff. So um, I'm looking forward to another fun season with winter. Um, hopefully everything, you know, with the with the virus and everything slows down a bit and we can have a full season and, the, you know, hockey and, you know, all that stuff. Hockey, basketball, wrestling, um, everything can uh, – swimming, diving, everything can get – you know, everyone can have a full season and play for some cool championship memorabilia and make some memories. So um, we're really looking forward to that. So um, that's my top ten. Um so now we're going to get into my interview, my exclusive interview with Jay Mazuera of the Hillsborough High School football team. Like I mentioned, Jay had an amazing season in helping the Raiders win the um, South Jersey Group 5 Regional Championship. He had three touchdowns in that victory over Kingsway. For his season, I mean, he threw for over 2,000 yards. He had 23 total touching passing touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns, so 27 overall. Just an amazing season. He finishes with over 3,300 career passing yards, 39 total passing touchdowns, which is a program record. Just an amazing career uh, for um, him and you know helping the Raiders make history this year by having a program-defining season going 13-0, winning the program's his first regional championship. So without further ado, here he is, Mr. Jay Mazuera of the Hillsborough High School football team. <laughs> All right, we are back here on the Bass Interaction Podcast, and I am joined by Hillsborough High School quarterback Jay Mazuera, who is just fresh off helping the team go 13-0 and win the South Jersey Regional Group 5 Championship. Jay, you've had a couple weeks now to digest the historic season you guys had. I mean, how does it feel? Staying, I'm sitting here today knowing that you guys were in 13-0 and won a state championship. Um, no, it's, it's a great feeling. You know, I've, I've said this multiple times, but I just love saying this so much because we have been talking about this for years now, saying that we could be the great to change, change things around here and, you know, to come and do it. We just want to set a new normal for Hillsborough High School. Uh, I mean, you guys have a pretty good programming, a lot of records and all over the last couple of years with Coach Cardi. I mean, so you guys set your own standard against a pretty good standard. So, I mean, that's a, I think that's a bigger accomplishment than just, just setting a new standard. I mean, I think you guys just raised that old standard to a next level. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah. Um, I mean, we're not, we always like strive on not stopping until we're the best. 
and you know going 13 and 0 winning a state championship i mean it's hard to argue that we're not up there in the state so we um, we want to set that like you said raise the standard and let the kids work off of that um you had a terrific season i mean over 2000 yards passing uh 23 total touch um passing touchdowns um i mean just talk about your season i mean you know being able to accomplish everything you did i mean how does that feel knowing that all that hard work paid off on the gridiron uh it's awesome no all of us i mean me and my three best friends tom missionard will dixon and thomas amonqua we all worked out at like every day nonstop for the past three years and you know, I wouldn't be able to do what I did without them. None of us can do it without each other. So, yeah. Um, you mentioned Tom. I mean, Tom, I feel like he's probably the best player in the state, I think, from the, his abilities oh, yes. he's shown on the field this year, oh. um, especially. I mean, what's it like to play with a guy like that who I, I think, you know, like I just said, I think he's the best player in the state. What was it like playing with a guy like that? Yeah, I definitely agree with you for him being the best in the state, you know. He doesn't care about rankings. None of us care about rankings, but, you know, at the end of the day, he should be up there, top five at least. But having having a kid like that on the team who can just break a big play at any moment, at any time, it, it really makes me look good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we talked after the game, you, you know, the second touchdown before the half to him in the regional final. I mean, you, you had one-on-one coverage. You say, hey, I'm just going to give him a chance to make a play, and he lost the guy to make a play. I mean – when you just see that as a quarterback, I mean, how what was that like to watch and witness? Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Two plays before that, I broke my throwing hand thumb. So it was two. Oh, I was going to ask you that. So it was two days plays before that pass. Okay. Two plays before Thomas's uh, his amazing catch, yeah. I broke my thumb throwing the ball out of bounds. I came down and hit someone in the helmet. I was shaking up a little bit, but you know it's my last high school game. I'm not going to come out. And yeah, I mean. Even with a broken thumb, if you see Thomas with one-on-one coverage, no matter where you put the ball, he's going to go get it. Um, you know, talk about that injury. I mean, I mean, the journal is probably ro- is rolling, so you're not feeling it that much. But when you went off to the sideline, like, what did you tell the coaches? What did you tell the guys? And and like, how were you able to keep going throughout the game? Yeah. So <laughs> after I threw that ball, I sort of walked away. I I knew he was going to go get it. I knew he was going to end up in the end zone. So I was almost running off the field before he was even in the end zone. I went off the field. I talked to the trainers. I asked them to wrap up my hand, and they just started wrapping. It didn't really do much for me just because like, it was in a weird spot in my thumb to the point where wrapping wouldn't really help. And so then I'm on the sideline trying to throw more passes, and every pass is just getting harder and harder. But, you know, it's you got to do what you got to do. Well, you guys were able to run the ball really effectively. Yeah. In the second half, which helped, and I don't, and did it hurt on that touchdown, that two yarder, your third touchdown of the game? <laughs> um, so me and Coach Cardi were talking at halftime, and he was saying, "All right, like," and our like team doctor was in the locker room. We're like, "All right, Jay's not going under center. Everything out of shotgun. You can't. You got to keep his thumb out of the way." And then we get on the two yard line. I'm like, Coach Cardi, like, let me run one in QB sneak. So I I got under center, and. Like you said, the adrenaline, it's it doesn't feel as bad as it should. So I was able to do that. I wasn't I didn't have a problem. And then yeah, I went to urgent care the next day and they told me it was broken. Oh, so how have you been feeling since that? You know, is everything going okay? Yeah, um, everything, last couple yeah everything's been going well. Um they said originally they said four to six weeks. And um, you know, I've had my brace on. I've been it's been recovering really well. 
So they said it's more it's more like four weeks at this point. So I'm I'm I just wanna be free and get out throwing again. Right. Uh I was looking at your Twitter account. I mean, you got schools looking after you. You were at Wilkes, right? A couple yeah. weeks ago. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, looking at that future, I mean, um, are you excited that you might get the opportunity to play college football? Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. I'm blessed with all the schools that have reached out to me. Um, you know, giving me their interest and stuff. It feels great to be wanted by schools at the next level. And, um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I've always wanted to play college football. So it's definitely great to be at this point now. Um, you have some time to, before you decide, right? If you're, yeah. um, so, um, but, um, what are you looking for in a school? Like, is there anything you want to major in or anything like that? Yeah. So I tend in majoring in, uh, sports management. Okay. And what I'm looking in for a school is, you know, just, the second home, I guess third, if you want to consider Hillsborough too, uh, Hillsborough High School. But, um, yeah, I, I just want to feel really connected to the coaches, the players, just have another family. Um, you were, guys were really close. You mentioned this year, senior group were really close. Um, what's it been like with you guys since you guys won it all? I mean, what's the interaction been like at the school, you know, outside when you guys see each other? I mean, what's it like, you know, you know being able to celebrate this amazing accomplishment? Yeah, you know um, – so, like, you know, uh, football players are always, like, praised around the school just because, like, they're the ones playing on Friday nights, making all the noise around town. But after that game at Rutgers, it was, like, brought to a different level. You know, you have teachers coming up to you saying, oh, my God, are you Thomas Monkle? Are you Tyler Mission? Are you Jay Mazuera? Stuff like that. And it, it, it's definitely a great feeling to feel, having all that uh, support around the town. Um, you guys got honored by the mayor, right? Just, like, yeah. I think the following week. What was that like, being able to go to, like, town hall and get all that acclaim? Yeah, it was really cool. Um, back in eighth grade, we did a similar thing because we won our championship in eighth grade also. In my – and down Florida? Was that held at, like, what? No, it, uh, it was, it was like, uh, it was, like, the teams around us. Okay. So, we won our championship back then and seventh grade as well, but – um so we've done it before it's it's a great it's a great thing you know seeing the people who run the town praise you and it definitely is definitely a great feeling did you guys i mean you guys said you knew going into high school that you guys can be a great team i mean were you guys talking about that in seventh and eighth grade when you were winning championships on this island like i can't wait to do this in high school and all that stuff oh yeah for sure um we've had pretty much the same team since back then so we've been able to get to know each other on and off the field, and, you know, like I said, it's it's just great to finally be able to do what we said we would. Um, You know, the sad part of it all is that it's your guys' last time together on the field, unfortunately. Um, You know, when you look back, I mean, what are some of the memories, besides winning a championship, that you're going to always remember with this team the last four years, especially going through a pandemic year? I mean, you guys have been through a lot. Yeah. Um, You know, Last year was the COVID year, of course, only at eight games. You know, it wasn't – it wasn't it – was, it didn't feel like high school football. Um, and then you got the team dinners. You got just hanging out, just going to Chipotle, just doing all that stuff with all these guys. You know, it's it's awesome. It's it's definitely sad that it's over, but I'm happy that it happened. Um, now, you know, would you be like the quarterbacks in the uh... – pros and treat them out to anything or not not at all not like that <laughs> so I'm, i don't have that pro quarterback money and stuff but whenever we when we had um like film meetings in the morning i brought i brought like some linemen bagels and stuff just a little cheap gift to know that to let them know that i appreciate them 
And you got a really good offensive line. I mean, you know, led by Mark Fellow and Ethan McLaughlin. I mean, they, they, I think they get underappreciated, but they had a really good season. I mean, talk about what they were able to help you out with protecting you and giving you some running lanes, especially yeah, down no. at the goal line because they were moving people. Oh, for sure. Um, Ethan's always been that vocal guy. He has a endless motor. He plays offense and defense. He's probably the most conditioned on the team. And then you got Gullah. He's just a physical beast. You know, you're not, you don't want to get in the way of him. Uh, you got Christian Quan, another just beast. He's, he's smaller, but he definitely gets the job done for sure. Um, Luke Molesky, he was a f- first year starter for us. He definitely, he shocked a lot of people. He was, he, like, we didn't know what we would get out of him before the year. And then he came in, he took the starting center spot. Just another vocal guy. You got Carson Deroner, Rohan Deb. There's there's a long list. A bunch of kids played, and they all contributed like very, like a lot. Um, you know, for yourself, career wise, you threw for almost three thousand four hundred yards. You threw for a record three thirty nine full touchdowns. I mean, when you you know, did you ever think you would be able to do that yourself? Just like thinking about that, being able to have all those stats and acclaims when you entered, you know, high school. Um. So funny story, New Brunswick, I didn't even know that I was close to any of the records. I thought that I started heating up too late in the season. So when I heard them announce the record for most touchdowns, I was I was kind of shocked. I looked up at my dad. We both looked at like confused to each other. But you know, it's it's awesome to be able to, you know, set my name in stone and I mean at the end of the day, I none of us really none of us like played football to break the records we all just came together and we just wanted to win and that's what we did now was your dad a quarterback did you follow in your dad's footsteps there no nah, he he played running back back in the day but he just he loves being around football he loves just being involved with all the kids so he made you so he got you to play quarterback so you get more love is that true you know nah, I, wouldn't say, I, I wouldn't say all that <laughs> i started uh he was the head coach for me back in the day and we didn't have a quarterback, so he put me there when I was in, like, fourth grade. And then since then, I've been playing. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, you know, my final, you know, question here, and thank you again for coming on, Jay. I know with everything going on, the COVID, the holidays, you're, you got a lot going on right now. Um, when you look back at this season and you look at – when you come back to school and you see the, you know, the acclaims on the banner on the walls, I mean, can you think about how that's going to feel for you when you see all that when you come back here? Yeah, I can't wait for, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the line when we all meet back up and come back and watch. Because this year we had a lot of uh, alumni come and watch the games. And, like, that was awesome to see. They're all wearing their Hillsborough Varsity jackets from back when they played. So I can't wait to be able to do that with my boys. Awesome, awesome. Well, Jay, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Congrats on a fabulous season. Um, I probably have told you that so many times, but it really was a great season for you guys, 13-0. And, um, you know, have a great holiday break. Enjoy yourself. Stay safe. And uh, hopefully we'll see some more big things from you down the road. I mean, I know Tom's going to do big things at Rutgers, but oh, I think sure. you will. Tyler, Mishnar, I mean, a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys got a lot of guys that are playing at the next level, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to see how you guys do. Thank you very much. And thank you again to Jay Mazuera for coming on the podcast to talk about his incredible career at Hillsborough and helping the Raiders win the South Jersey Group 5 Regional Championship, capping off their 13-0 season. 
Like I mentioned, Jay had three touchdowns with a broken thumb, no less, against Kingsway uh, to help the Raiders win the championship. Um, so a great season from Jay. I was really happy to have him on the podcast to talk about Hillsborough's incredible season. And, and like I mentioned, I mean, look at this Hillsborough team. I mean, from the casting characters on the outside that Jay got to throw to, like, Thomas Amakwa, who is just a superstar, and I think he's going to do big things at Rutgers, to Tyler Mishnar behind in the backfield, um, at tight end Will Dixon, who had an amazing season at defensive end. He led the team in sacks. And you talk about, you know, one thing that I thought was the biggest key about Hillsborough was how good they were up front in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Um, on the offensive line, you had Ethan McLaughlin and, and Marco leading the way. On the flip side on defense, Andrew Santa Barbara, Ethan McLaughlin, and, of course, Will Dixon. I mean, all those guys, having that group leading the way up front, I think really helped the Raiders and made them a force to be reckoned with. They can rush the passer on defense. They can run the ball. They can give Jay time to throw the football. I mean, those things matter. And as we see in the professional and college levels, you need a good offensive line and a good defensive line to win. So, um, you know, it was great to cover them. And, again, congrats to Coach Carty on his 100th career victory as Hillsboroughs high school football coach, and also some other great players. I mean, Sal Volpe had a really nice season for um, Hillsborough at fullback and at um, linebacker. So a lot of great names had some really nice seasons for um, the Raiders. So um, as I end my, uh, you know, fall sports season with my final top 10 high school uh, football rankings, I will say that I will be doing the same again for the winter sports with girls and boys basketball. So my first podcast of 2022, look out, I will have my top 10 high school girls and boys basketball rankings. Um, I did them last year in the shortened season, and I will be doing them again. So be on the lookout for that. So before we get, you know, rolling with the winter sports, I want to end this podcast off with my views on what's been going on with one of the teams that plays at MetLife Stadium, and they are the New York football giants who have had a, like I mentioned, you can describe it in any pitiful way you want, but it's been a, just a, <laughs> just been a real, 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 real pain of a season. As Joe Beningo says, the pain, the pain, the pain, been a lot of pain. Um, that, you know, a lot of Giants fans, a lot of people I've seen with the Giants, especially lately with this offense and how awful they are. Um, and they have been awful really all season. But um, it's just been, you know, there's a lot of expectations coming in with this Giants team. I, like most, thought the Giants were good enough to win the division. I thought really the only team that could compete with that, that they had to worry about was Dallas. And that especially mattered if, you know, Dak was healthy. And we saw Dak's healthy and they made some great moves on defense, and they are a legit, really good team. I don't think they'll make it to the Super Bowl, but, you know, listen, they're a top-five football team in the NFC. Um, but the Giants did not live up to the expectations. You thought with the moves they made in the offseason, you thought where they were, even at 6-10 and 10 last year, the way they were playing towards the end of the season, uh, what they were doing, how they were responding to Joe Judge, that you felt that, you know, things were moving in the right direction. And this year was a step back. Um, you know, the biggest thing right now is do you want Joe Judge back and do you want Daniel Jones back? Uh, reports are both will be coming back. Um, and I tweeted out that I think it's the right move. I do think it's the right move to keep Daniel Jones as to see if he's your guy in his fourth year, 
especially with what has happened these past two years, especially this year with all the injuries to the offensive line, to his wide receivers and the injuries he's had. For Joe Judge, I get it. Um, this year hasn't been his best. He has made some questionable coaching decisions. Um, you know, you wonder if he's doing the right thing, putting the guys in the right places. Is he developing the talent the right way? There's a lot of question marks. And I just think that, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, as they say. And I understand you went through two years of, co- you know, two-year coaching spans of McAdoo and Shermer. But I think, you know, Judge is a young coach. And I think from what you saw last year, I think you can get something going next year. Because I think this team still is good enough. If you, you just have to add more to it with talent and all. But I think if the Giants, like, stay healthy this year and things turned out better, you're not looking at a team that might only win five games this year. They might only end up with four where they are now. I mean, there's no guarantees they're going to beat Chicago this week. You're the all the defense with the pitch a shutout for them to win. But um, and then you know, with Washington, depends if Washington's playing for anything at that moment. But um, I think they would be a seven, eight win team possibly if things stayed healthy. Um, because you know, you look at it. I mean, the offensive line, besides Andrew Thomas, no one else is coming back. You know, no one else is coming back, and you had an offensive line that was without um, Nick Gates, who was becoming a solid professional offensive lineman. There's the way I describe it. He had a really good year. I think last year in the second half of the season, he really came on. He was playing really well and he was a leader. You lose him at the front. He mattered a lot. Um, Shane Lemieux didn't play this year and you're expecting him to make a nice step in year two because he played pretty well in year one. So you lose those two guys. Um, now, yes, you don't have Zeitler, who you had last year, who did collectively bring that group together because he's an all pro type of player. But um, you figure with those two guys there and with Andrew Thomas, who did play at an all pro level before he got hurt. And he's been playing OK late, you know, throughout the season. Not his best lately, but he's been playing fine. You thought, well, with those pieces that it could help with, you know, liabilities like Will Hernandez who you felt like could play better with those guys there. And then that tackle with, you hope it was Parrot, but if it's not, it's Soldier. As we've seen, Soldier's past his prime. Parrot, you don't know anything about it. The Giants really didn't give him a chance. That's one thing I'll say. He was in the doghouse, I feel like, all year. Um, I think they should have given him more of a chance. Because I don't think he played poorly. I just think the Giants really don't like him. And, yeah, he probably was a Gelman pick. but um, And they didn't want him. But, um, you know, you, you, if those things worked out, let's say, if those guys stay healthy and you got something from Parrot or Soldiers or something, I think the Giants win more games, and I think it helps Daniel Jones out more, who was playing fine. I mean, he wasn't playing great, but he was playing fine. He wasn't making many mistakes. He wasn't turning the ball over that much. He was making plays as much as he could, and he was doing so with a depleted offensive line and a depleting, you know, supporting cast I mean the running game was again really non-existent this year and you know Barkley being injured and not really giving you much all season he's been a shell of himself um the injuries on the outside you know Galladay being banged up all season Tooney not getting really anything from him Shep having a horrible you know luck with injuries this year Slayton's been a disaster you know Kyle Rudolph, Evan Ingram, really non-existent at tight end, really haven't played well. I mean, Evan Ingram's had some bright spots, but that's who he is. He's, he's not like a game changer anymore, you know, 
at all. So not having much, he did what he could to win some of these games. And um, I think he is good enough if you put the guys in front of him, like a good offensive line. And if people stay healthy, I think he can make plays and win games. Now, they probably wouldn't have made the playoffs if people stayed healthy. For sure not. But um, I think he would have played okay. I think he had played fine. And I think he deserves another chance in year four if things stay healthy. Now, listen, if he doesn't, then yeah, you have year five, you can move on from him. But on a rookie quarterback deal, I think you might as well give him a shot, you know, in year four. Um, I know people want possibly Russell Wilson. He's in his mid forties. I'm not sure, you know, you know, Rogers might be in a possibility. I, I doubt it, but he could be in free agency. And then you got, maybe you go after Garoppolo who will probably be on the market, but I think you're better off just giving Daniel Jones a chance to play with this team and just building it back up. Um, they're going to need another tackle, and they'll be, have two top ten picks most likely. So one of those picks, they're going to have to get a right tackle and pair them up with with Thomas. And if you can do that, and Nick Gates hopefully comes back healthy with Lemieux and maybe solidified um, the other guard position because Willie's not coming back for sure. I'm really, you know, I'm really disappointed in Willie Hernandez. Um, the inconsistencies were just too much this year, and it's gotten way worse as the season goes on. He's a good pull blocker. I'll give him that. He can pull and he can ship at the second level, but he has not played well in pass protection. You know, Fletcher Cox dominated him recently. Um, he just hasn't played well. Um, but if they can do that, I think, you know, if you, you give a quarterback that, it can be his best friend. And you've seen that with a lot of guys that if you put a good offensive line in front of them, it helps out. It builds their confidence because they have more time. They, they don't feel the rush. They don't feel like they have to get the ball out quick and, you know, anything else like that. So I think that's number one. And number two, the health. Um, you know, Galladay, it was a disappointment this year. You know, you expected Galladay and Kyle Rudolph to give you what James Bradbury and um, Blake Martinez gave you last year with the offseason moves and how much they meant to the defense. They haven't done that this year with the offense. And um, part of that, I think, is, listen, no one's getting the ball to Kenny Galladay right now because Fromm can't do it and certainly can't um, Glenn. I mean, probably Glenn's got the better arm than Fromm because Fromm threw some ugly passes against the Eagles for sure. But, um, you know, they haven't mattered much. And the Giants, you know, I think – Galladay can, if the, with another year of health, that he can make that difference. And like I mentioned before, I think he can be a guy that Plexico was for Eli to what he can be to Daniel Jones. So we'll see about that. The question is going to be at the other side. A, can Kadarius Tooney stay healthy? For one, he, he has a shoulder injury right now. You might not even have him this year, um, um, this week or the rest of the season. So he's got to stay healthy. Um, to be the Debo Samuels that everyone thinks he can be that, you know, late 49ers, but he needs to stay healthy. Shep, with this Achilles injury, who knows if he's going to be back, especially with his um, cap hit. So that's one. And then Darius Slayton had a poor season, has had a poor season. I, I don't know if it's been a lot of the injuries. He was banged up for a while with the hamstring, but there's a thing. So they need, again, to get better on the outside. You know, John Ross didn't really do much. I mean, they really have to do better, get some more playmakers out there. And then at tight end, I mean, I don't know if they're going to resign Evan. I don't know what they're going to do with Kyle Rudolph. It was a two-year deal. I don't know how much you can expect from a guy like Kyle Rudolph right now. But maybe, you know, he is coming off a foot injury. 
Um, he might be able to play better next year with after a year, but they're going to need some more help at tight end and um, do those things. But if they can do those things and add more talent there, I think they'll be okay. They have the pieces there to do it. On defense, what I think you have to give Judge some leeway on is that the defense played really bad to start off the season. I mean, they should have won the Washington game. Um, you know, they played really poorly in that game, the defense, and Patrick Graham, you know, didn't play well against Denver. There were just some parts of the season where the defense didn't do its job. They've been playing really well as the season's gone along. And he's getting a lot, Patrick Graham, from guys that we saw last year, just mixing them, you know, piecing the pieces together. If you add more talent there, especially on the edge, if you can add another pass rusher alongside Ojalari, and you're going to be in position to do that in the draft, man, I think this defense can still do something. The problem was up front, Leonard Williams didn't have the year he had last year. Now, a big part of it, he doesn't have Dalvin Tomlinson, who is a good interior defensive lineman and holds up in the run game. Now, you felt that Dexter Lawrence could be that, and Austin Johnson can be that, and Danny Shelton, all those guys can do that consistently. They really haven't. Um, I think Dexter Lawrence played poorly this year. I expected more, especially my first-round pick in year three. Um, But I think – if you can make some changes there with what you have on the back end, which is solid, really, if, with Logan Ryan, with McKinney, with Bradbury, with with Adoree Jackson, if all those guys stay healthy and you can bring a defense and get some pressure on the quarterback and do some things, I really think the Giants can be fine. And if they can add talent on the outside, in the middle as well with Blake Martinez. I mean, I thought K. Crowder played okay, but – to do that at outside linebacker and inside linebacker, if they can find more ways to get more talent there, they have the pieces already to be a good team. So it's not a huge rebuilding project, I think, for the Giants right now. Everyone thinks, oh, you got to blow up everything. I don't think you have to. You don't. Um, you're going to get a new GM. Listen, Dave's not going to stay here, guys. He's not. I mean, he's not staying. He's probably going to retire and step down. Um but the question is going to be who the GM is going to be. And I listen, I don't think it Matt. I don't think it's a problem that they hired within with, with Kevin Abrams. Now, would that be my pick? No, I think they need to go out and get another guy. I think they need to bring judge in and they need to find somebody that, you know, you know, senses the same thing they all do and can piece this team together, not have to blow this team up, but find ways to make it better because it's not like this is a huge rebuilding project. People think this team is so bad that you have to blow it up. I don't think you had to. Um, 2017, they had to. They had to blow that team up. It, it went as far as it could. Okay, those those offseason moves they made for the 2016 team only made only made an impact for one season. After that, the the job Jerry reached in the draft, which by the way, if you read. Rich Samini and Jordan Renan's column on, you know, the decade of poor football play from the Giants and Jets this past season, you'll see how bad the drafting was of Jerry Reese. And the fact of the matter is they had to blow up the team there. They didn't, though, if no, if you respect. Gelman did not do that in his first year because Mara, John Mara, wanted to win right away because he wanted to win for Eli. And that's why they drafted Barkley. That's why he did the things that when a team that needed to rebuild and blow it up needed to do he started doing that in year two of the of this of of his um reign as gm so that's something people have to understand um and he's built this team up a bit now it's been great no he hasn't done a great job 
Yeah, I mean, he's done average or below average, and that's why he's not going to stay after this year. But the Giants don't need to blow this team up. They have the pieces there where they can get luck, like all teams do, with staying healthy and things bounce their way and adding the talent there. I think they can be good. For coaching, look, I think Joe Judge deserves one more shot, and so does Patrick Graham at defense coordinator. They're going to have to redo this whole offensive staff. They have to get somebody in there. And I don't think Freddie Kitchens is bad. He really hasn't gotten a fair shake because he really hasn't had that much time with Daniel Jones. He's only had one game. You know, besides that, he's got Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm. How much can a guy do with that? But they need to find a good, you know, offensive pieces around there. I think Daryl Bevel with the Bills would be a great choice. But And he's got ties with Alabama with, with Judge. But I don't know if he'll leave the Bills, and he might get a head coaching opportunity. Who knows? But they need to get a new face there on the offensive side of the ball because um, I think that could really help because that's going to help the team, you know, and figuring out ways to make this team better. Um, run the ball, use their offensive line, and get and use Daniel Jones the right way. Now, he probably can't run the ball as much as he used to because of his injury issues, but I think find ways to make Daniel Jones better, use his strengths, and help the team out. So there are things they need to do, but they don't have to blow this franchise up right now. I know it hasn't been a great decade of football for Giants fans. I understand that. Besides that Super Bowl in 2011, 2016 was the only other playoff year. And the other years they underperformed. But and you had high expectations for this year. But if you pull up this team, I really don't think – it's going to be a quick turnaround. It will take a couple more years. And you're again at the same point you were um, before. You know, you're starting at ground zero again. And I think if you got a new coach and blew it up, it, it's going to take a couple years to do it. While with what you've done the last two years, I think you have the pieces to be a successful team next year. I'm not saying you're a team that can win a division and, and, and things like that, but you can be a playoff team next year. I mean, we see it all the time. All right, teams, you know, they stay healthy, things bounce their way, they end up in the playoffs. All right, the Vikings might end up making the playoffs that way this year. Okay, the Eagles might. I mean, things bounced your way with who they've had to play the last few weeks with fourth and third string quarterbacks, you know? So, um, you know, you never know. So um, I I do think, and I understand with the Eagles, they did have a new change at head head coach, but um, he really hasn't done a great job either. I mean, you, you need to run the football, and he, they've lost some games because of him. So, um, in my view, they're making the right decision by keeping Daniel Jones and um, Joe Judge. Now, if I'm John Mara, I'm not hiring within. I'm hiring outside, and I'm not rebuilding this team. I'm retooling this team. I'm not blowing this team up. I'm retooling this team with this new GM, putting some fresh faces here, and – just adding to what I have because you can right now with what you have to be successful. This isn't 2017 where you had to blow the team up. This is a different situation right now. And I think that's what they need to do. So we'll see what happens. It's been a tough year. We only got two games left. So just hold on tight giant fans. Hopefully 2022 will be a better season for us. And uh, I guess the draft's going to be a big thing for us, you know, watching to see who they're going to get. Um, Listen, if I'm in the top 10, I'm getting a defensive end and an offensive tackle. You know, that's my goal. Pass rusher and an offensive tackle. So that's what I feel like. So um, that's my take on the New York football Giants, the state of big blue football.
And that's all for the final Fashion Interaction episode of 2021. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to this week's episode, as well as all the episodes I've had this past year since I started doing Bass Interaction. Um, it's been fun getting to talk and interact with people through this podcast about what's going on in the high school swimming world here in Central Jersey, and as well as get to rant about my other teams. But um, it's fun. I've, I'm really happy with the guests I've had, from athletes to journalists like Jordan Renan, who I had um, this past summer talking about the Giants. I mean, it's been really fun having all these people and, um, you know, Excited to continue to do it in 2022. Um, and we start off with, you know, a good winter sports season. Um, be on the lookout. I'll have for my next podcast, probably in a week and a half, my new top 10 um, boys and girls rankings, my first one of the winter season. So um, I'm looking forward to doing that. And I'm looking forward to seeing everybody, whether it's at the rink, whether it's at the on the court or on in the pool <laughs> you know it's gonna be fun uh, covering all these sports this um, winter hopefully everybody stays healthy and everything goes well and we can have another full season and get to see some fun things happen here and some fun memories and championship victories made this winter sports season um so before i let you go i want to wish everybody a happy new year hope you guys stay safe hope everybody has a nice and healthy new year and like i mentioned before to start this podcast um, I hope 2022 is a better year for everyone, um, especially from what we've went through these past two years with the pandemic and the craziness and obstacles we've all had to deal with in different ways or similar ways. Um, you know, I, I, you know, one thing I hope people take from these last two years is understanding that we need to be more empathetic to each other. And I think that can go a long way in life. So um, I hope to spread more empathy and more caring to all of you. Um, going forward, that's one of the my, one of my New Year's resolutions. So, um, along with some other ones, but that will be one of my big ones. So, um, again, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, happy New Year! This has been another edition of Bassin Interaction.